We're ready to shoot when you're armed. I'm, I'm, aren't you recording? You Let's keep fucking, crapping on these. Can't, we can't without you putting a mic in front, in front of your face. <laughs> Fine. Bragger, bragger, one nine. How about it? Come on. Turn right, Terry, Terry can you hear me now? <laughs> Got you, Matt. Okay. Oh, <clears> too loud. Just loud. count down from 10 for me real quick. I can't hear you. Can you count down from 10 for me real quick? Okie dokie, Smokey. <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. On to 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, all right, this sounds is... good. I'm going to drop off. And you guys <laughs> Terry's field <laughs> sobriety test. Check. You're going to have you to passed. mute that, Terry. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Sound of a nuclear bomb. <laughs> well, when the truck's running, sometimes you can't hear it. Stand clear. 100% Wild Podcast. So for all you listeners. Hello and welcome to Definitely Not Your Favorite Outdoor Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the 100% Wild Podcast, episode 359. I'm your host, Matt Drury. We are Timless this episode. Tim's out trying to kill a deer still. And today, as we film this, it's December 29th. Tim's running out of time. Uh, hopefully, he'll get something done, though. All right, so this episode, we wanted to do, we kind of previewed it last episode. We wanted to do a best of uh, for the year, for 2023. We had some amazing guests, we had some fun moments, and I thought it would be cool to kind of go and do a best of uh, episode. So we went into the Facebook group, the Drury Outdoors Rack Pack. We asked you guys some of your favorite moments, uh, and you had, you had some great feedback. And then, of course, we pulled the guys here in the studio and took some of their fo- favorite moments as well. So uh, without further delay, Here's the best of 2023. All right, so first up, we're gonna kind of break this into a few different parts and pieces. So um, one of the things that I thought was cool were some of the industry guests and just celebrity guests that we got to have on through the year. One of the neat parts about this, you know, being under the Drury Outdoors brand, I have access to or can get access to uh, some pretty cool names. And uh, yes, I'm definitely still riding those coattails of Mark and Terry to do this. But uh, we had guests like Jim Shockey. We had guests like Chris Jansen, the country music artist. Uh, we had T-Bone on, always one of our favorites. Uh, Roger Ragland, first time we ever had him on. He was probably, I think, uh, looking back, maybe my favorite episode of the year. So much energy and love and and uh, just really uh, energetic through his whole episode. So that was a good one. And then, uh, of course, we had uh, Mark and Terry's taxidermist, John Dittmer, on, and he told some cool stories. So we're going to go through the first here, uh, the first group, industry, celebrity guest favorite moments, and uh, hope you guys enjoy. Episode 339 with the one and only T-Bone Turner. Front of center, FOC? Yeah. You say FOC? Or, or Fock. That's what I said. Ah, Here we yeah. go. Timo. <laughs> yeah. I said it once in a podcast. It's like I've never heard anybody say it. I go, well, that's how I say it. <laughs> and then you continue yeah. to say fuck. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know much about Fock, but <laughs> apparently. Yeah. No, I, I always say FOC, but um, yeah, I've seen where, you know, it's a, it's a good excuse for a guy to slip in a, a fox. <laughs> so that's yeah. what it is. That's like, what you're and, doing. And then I get into yeah. meet the fuckers references. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it exactly. goes really it was, down, <laughs> down. It was a deep dive. Come man. on, fucker. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So for the uninitiated <laughs> T-Bone, c- could you summarize what front of center, like that dynamic? Because I think if anyone goes on and I will not say it, Matt. <laughs> if anyone goes on a deep dive on FOC, they're going to see all kinds of all kinds of different opinions. Episode 340 with Roger Raglan. But you have to throw all that stuff that, that everyone says out the window. No offense to anybody. And and for yourself, every every deer hunter is in a different place in his life. You know, some guys have killed a lot of bucks and they they only want to shoot something bigger than what they've already killed. And some guys only want to shoot a deer that's at least four, five, six years old. And some guys want to do some guy. But if you're wherever you're at in your experience, if this one is the one that just makes your toenails curl and you get so excited and you start slobbering out of both corners of your mouth. If that's a legal buck, I think you should shoot that one and not worry about what everybody else is doing. That's right. It's your experience. You enjoy the moment. I lost my best friend I ever had in my life in March. And I already had it planned out when I die. And he had the he he had instructions to come to the house to what to do with my guns and what to do with this and what to do with that. It never dawned on me that he was going to die before me in an automobile accident out of a wild blue. Just you never know when it's going to be your last day. You never know when it's going to be your last season. Enjoy. There's nothing greater than this experience of hunting white. I just think hunting whitetails is the greatest thing in the world. Enjoy your experience, your experience. Throw everything else, what everybody else thinks out the window, and you enjoy your experience to the utmost. And at the end of the season, hopefully, you get you know it was a great time, and you you know your hopes and dreams and get fulfilled. And but. There's nothing greater than this sport as long as you just stay focused and enjoy for yourself and with your friends and family. Have a good time and don't let anything else bother you. Amen. Episode 344 with the legend himself, Jim Shockey. So I'm doing my book tour tour appearances, the vast majority, in Cabela's and Bastrop shops. So non-hunters, non-outdoors people are going to have to come in to a Cabela's and they're going to see there'll be families there with children. They're wonderful, you know, salt of the earth people that believe in the tenants that have made this country so great, both Canada and the States, you know, honor, tradition, respect, patriotism, and, and love of family. So they're going to be exposed to that when they come in. And so, you know, pushback, I, I don't see it. And I've honestly, I've never seen it in my life. I mean, I, you know, my record is, 88 death threats in 24 hours, you know, so I, I mean, I've seen, I guess, some pushback, but, but those are people that are they're hiding behind social media to actually come right out and, and uh, say something. I've never, I've never yet found anybody unless they're so outlandishly ideological that they, you know, they're just, they, they're just absurd. Like yeah. I say, they're, they're not, you can't take them seriously. They're, they're too far out there. So I, I, I'm not expecting any pushback. And if there is, you know what, what are they going to do? Send me home. Like I've lived this life and I've been to the, the height of heights, you know, with my soulmate in, in love. And I've been to the lowest depths of sorrow. Well, no one's going to hurt me anymore. You can't, it's impossible. I, I've felt both. Yeah. And so, so I, you know, like I say, what are they going to do? Send me home. 
it's not going to happen. And I'm happy to educate. And I never, you know, I, I feel sorry for them when they don't understand what we're about. You know, that's their loss, but it's our responsibility to explain to them. And th this is the way I'm hoping to do it. Episode 305 with Mark and Terry's taxidermist, John Dittmer. Early on in your career, did you end up having to take any weird animals like, here's my cocker spaniel? <laughs> I've had, yes. Yeah, I've had it all, I think. Um, I had, let me try to think here. I've had, so I had one guy, he killed, well, he killed the house cat, but he swears it's a bobcat. Oh, boy. This guy, this guy comes strolling in, he's got a, cat it's i don't know it's 16 inches long maybe 18 at the most Jeez. i think it's more like 16 inches long and it's got a tail that's maybe three inches long so he's like here i got this bobcat and he gets it out of the sack he lays it up there and i'm like dude that's a that's that's the a house cat he goes oh you too and i'm like well, what do you mean <laughs> he'd already taken it to get it checked in with the oh. Missouri Department of Conservation because you have to check them in. Yeah. And they're like, dude, that's a, that's a house cat. Anyway, uh, he's like, he talked them in to give them in the permit for the cat. He's like, this is a bobcat. So, you know, they're like, I guess they were just like, whatever. So they wrote them the, the permit for it. They bring it in. <laughs> and it's literally, it's a tab cat with a dock tail. <laughs> oh, wow. So anyway, I'm telling them this and he throws down like $800, eight $100 bills. Okay. And, I was like, looks like I'm out in the house cat. <laughs> now, sir, did you want to leash is on it or the leash off? It's about like that lady that just killed that. Uh, she thought oh, it was yeah, a wolf the, and it yeah, was a husky. Someone's pet dog. Yeah. She's got a lot of shit over that. <laughs> Episode 341 with country superstar Chris Jansen. The Drury Outdoors thing, everything is is such a legacy piece. And it was a huge part of the fabric of, of my growing up. And it was a large part of why I am the hunter that I am today and why I love it so much. And also why I bow hunt, because I was watching these guys, you know, you guys are the OG bow hunters, man. I mean, Matt grew up with the two OG, <laughs> like for real on film bow hunting guys. Yeah. And I remember those early videos and stuff. Like when, when they would knock down a 140. I mean, they were celebrating like it was yeah. a 300 inch deer. Oh yeah. It was like <laughs> we did it. You know? <laughs> and, and those are, those are, that's how I feel. That's and how so, I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel too. And, and it's like a, that's a huge thing for me. So what's it like to know Matt is great. It's a great honor for me. It's a great honor to be, you know, recognized by your family too. I mean, I, I really, I really do appreciate uh, what you guys have built. And I've, you know, I've been a, I've not only been a customer, but I've been a fan for very many years. And, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a large part of the fabric of who I am. If you went back to see me as a kid, I mean, this is, this is pretty much what it looked like. Well, those are kind words. And Mark and Terry have, have done a fantastic job of, of giving us all a, a legacy to look up to and try to reach those heights. I'm still trying to reach those heights from when they were shooting the 140s. Still trying to get to those, uh, those days. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's very kind of you to say. And, and one thing I would like to say is like, like – Johnny, JP, you like all that. These type of people, they gravitate. Mark, Terry, they gravitate towards each other because they have these common interests mm -hmm. in the outdoors and yep. and family and their morals and ethics yep. and that you know. So you kind of gravitate. You see the people that seem to hook onto each other, and it's you know it's really yep. because the the fa fabric's the same, yeah. right? Yeah. So no matter who you are, we love America. I mean, it it starts with loving your country. We love our country. We love our flag. 
you know, we support our uh, troops. We, I mean, all the, I just call them the ground rule basics of being an American, just being a normal person in America. Like these are, these are not hard things to love. This is the greatest country on earth. I'm so proud to be an American. And like, I don't know any other country really that gives you the freedom to hunt and fish and be a part of conservation in a way that America does. And so we have such a privilege, you know, we have a privilege of a life that we get to live, especially as outdoorsmen and to raise kids in, in, in the lifestyle, should you choose to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so I just think it's such an honor. I mean, I really, when I wake up every day, I think people look at me sometimes and they go, he's gotta be putting on, you know, it's like, it's not part of the show, man. It's, it's not part of entertainment value or shock value. It's really the truth. I wake up and I go, wow, I woke up today winning. Number two, my wife is hot. Great. <laughs> Number three, my kids are healthy. Number four, when can I get into a, when can I get a bow or a gun in my hand and get out there hunting? When can I get a fishing rod in my hand? And most importantly, when can I take somebody who has never been before? Yeah. And uh, when can I take my kid or when can I take a kid who's really wanting to get outdoors, yeah. man? All right, some pretty cool guests, as you could see, so are here if you're listening to this. Uh, next up, we, we did something special this year. We had two different series that we ran. We ran the Longbeard Legend series, where we had Ray I, who is a legend in the Longbeard, the turkey world. We had him come in studio and help us guest host this thing. And we had people like Will Primos on, Chris Kirby, Cus Strickland, uh, a, few other, a few others as well. And it was just really, really fun to do this special series. So that that was first up, and then in the fall, we did a special rut series called Just the Tip. Old Man Winter Terry Jury jumped on with us, and uh, he gave us great how-to information that was pertinent to that day or that period of the rut, and we ran, I think, six episodes in about a 10- or 12-day period. Uh, so hopefully you guys had a chance to listen or watch those series, and uh, you enjoyed. In the meantime, here are some of the best of moments. Episode 317 from the Longbeard Legend series with Will Primos. So he, he called me and said, look, I'm helping a friend of mine who started a camouflage company. And uh, I, want you, I want to come down there and show you this camouflage to see what you think. And I went, look, I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing tree bark and uh, Jim Crumley, and I'm, I'm wearing tree bark. Uh, and I really pretty loyal. He says, I just want to show it to you. I said, OK. So he came down, came to the house and walked out in the backyard and he had a product called Bottomland and a product called Hill, Hill Country. And Hill Country was made from more Northern, where it's a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. more, more lighter colored hardwoods and rocks and stuff like that. But they were the same type of pattern. And so I took them in the backyard and I hung them both on a pine tree, a pin cherry tree and a water oak. And I stepped back and I went, I'm in. <laughs> that bottom land right there, I'm in. And, and uh, so that started it. And so they didn't know. I said, well, y'all got to go to the SHOT Show. What's the SHOT Show? <laughs> but we had more fun. And everybody bought. And Toxie didn't know what he was doing, how much he was going to have to make. But he, <laughs> that, 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 that was the beginning of it. And then they got to know Cuz because they came hunting with us on the video and all that kind of stuff. And I quickly was outgrowing myself. I, I, I was exceeding my ability. I was going to bankrupt myself through success mm. um, because I, I, I was growing too fast, too much receivables and inventory. I had about a million dollars in sales, but it was almost doubling every year. And I, I, I just couldn't handle it. 
So I called Toxie. I said, Toxie, I'm going to have to let Cuz go. I can't afford him. And I said, I got a truck I bought for him. And I said, y'all are doing great. We can stay hooked up together. Why don't you hire Cuz and buy the truck? And I'll keep trying to do what I'm doing, and you can keep flying. And he goes, okay, let's do that. Episode 316 with Ronnie Cuz Strickland. Number one, the number one best went to Mr. Fox. Mm, yeah. uh, number two went to Toxie. Three and four went to the boys. So number five is on auction that night at the auction. Went for $31,000. It had 10 one-of-one calls in it. And uh, Daniel got up and said, this is why we're doing it, and this is where the money's going. And uh, so many people couldn't get to the NWTF, so they did the one-day deal at West Point. Mm -hmm. And I forgot how many. I'm assuming the rest of them. Uh, at this point, Toxie ain't got one. I know Toxie's getting number two. I don't have one. I ain't getting on the list. <laughs> I'm looking at all these people lined up Friday, early Friday, and they're there. All night. They're going to be there all night. I went up to this lady who was sitting in a chair by herself, wrapped up in a blanket, and started talking to her. I said, why, why are you here? She said, I'm here for my son. He can't. He's pulling a double shift. He's like a cop or a fireman, I remember. And she said he couldn't go, and I told him I would do it. Drove from Dallas. So I wow. said, give me your son's phone number. And we're, she's, she's there in line. So I call this dude, Bobby. Uh, hello? I said, this is Cus Strickland at Mossy Oak. Silence freaked him out a little bit. I said, "Dude, I, I, I'm assuming you know you got the greatest mom." <laughs> yes, man. Now you could tell him getting a little emotional. He said, "Is this a trick?" And I handed her the phone, and I, I had a 20 minute conversation with that guy about why he wanted a vest. And it was like I told those boys in Taxi. I said, I, "I don't know what's happened, but we will never see this again in our lifetime." And, you, yeah, you saw some for sale on eBay. You know, people were asked. They'd buy it and put it. You, you can't control that. And some people are just in that mindset. But I went down that line Friday, and I talked to every single person that was in that line. And their stories were like, man, I grew up watching you guys. This is one. They, people want to be in the club. Yeah. You got to let them in the club and share as much as you can with them. And uh, I saw some dude on TikTok saying, Man, you people are stupid. It's just the best and all that. Hey, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Right. But if you do, if you want one of them 1944 vests, where you wear it and get turkey blood on it, or if you put it up, the fact that that emotion is sparked at that level to me was humbling. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I, that's why I tell you, I'm not worried about turkeys. When you see people doing stuff like that and people Matt's age and yeah, it's like we're in good hands. Everybody relax. Yeah. You know, if you want to do something that's really meaningful, do two things: buy your hunting license every year, and just until we figure this out, shoot one turkey instead of five, and just be a part of the solution, not a mm -hmm. keyboard guy saying, "Boy, they don't do this and they don't do that." Well, you know what? There's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff to figure out why the populations are down a little bit, but no creature this legal to hunt in the United States will ever be on the endangered species list. Episode 315, Chris Kirby from Quaker Boy. What do you got? The first, my first wild turkey experience, I was five or six with dad. Uh -huh. It was preseason here in New York, and he takes us out to the woods, and he's got a box call at the time, and 
we hear these turkeys gobble from the truck. So we're walking down the logging road. We get up and he calls and they're getting a little closer. And this is, we don't know what we're doing. I'm in blue jeans and he's got a camo tarp, yeah. whatever. And I'm only four foot tall, three foot tall. And, you know, I'm five or six years old. So we sit down next to the tree. He calls and oh, that turkey's gobbling. He's coming. And then he yelps a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Turkey hammers. Now he's getting real close. And now you can, you know, as a little boy, I can hear these oh, yeah. feel this energy coming at us. And about that time, this turkey, biggest black eyes, biggest redhead I've ever seen in my life, pokes his head up over like 30 yards. My dad called again, and he gobbles. I said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, well, I want him to come in closer. I have never been more terrified in my life. <laughs> I could feel that bark off the tree and climbed in it. I would have because I was petrified. The yeah. thing looked like a giant but I've gotten over that fear of the wild turkey and yeah. gotten even with quite a few. That's <laughs> <laughs> interesting because at that age, you're so impressionable. And yeah. it's when you hear your first turkey gobble in the timber and you can't quite see him yet, there's nothing like it. When you hear that ro mm -hmm. just roaring coming in and that's, that's, I wish every hunter that's never turkey hunted could experience that with a, with a, a capable caller, you know, getting him to yeah. respond. Cause yeah. that's the key is having somebody that can call and no one hit him. And when you got a, a, a long beard working right to hear that gobble are, are spitting and drumming and you mm -hmm. can't see him that anticipation. Like I remember my first, that, that first time, and I'll never forget it. And it's one of those things that sticks with you because yeah. that's what drives you for every single hunt. You're like, man, mm -hmm. I want that feeling again. I want that feeling again. And and when you actually get it, boy, it's it's it. The rest of the rest of the year is made. That's how Harold got me. So so many memories in turkey hunting, huh, Chris? So many other aspects other than just the hunt. And I always like to tell people about when I was a teenager and I grabbed a couple of my buddies from school. We drove down to my grandma's to go turkey hunting. And I got there late that evening, ended up in the back room. And the next morning, like at 3.30 in the morning, my grandma comes in, hits the light, goes, you better get out of those beds. That old turkey's going to be a holler. And she started tickling my friends. They were horrified. <laughs> horrified. She smelled like biscuits. and well, She's running bad. around, you better get out of bed. <laughs> so they get up and they stagger around. And I'll never forget what my friend said from high school. And uh, we were like sophomores in high school at that time. He comes in the kitchen and there's, there's bacon eggs, biscuits, and gravy, and oh, ham geez. on the table, and he stopped. He looks, what time of the morning does this woman get up? <laughs> Those were good days and good times. Episode 346 with old man winner Terry Drury from Just the Tip, episode one. This might be a silly question, but uh, how the hell do you make a rub? What are you doing with a saw? Make... With a trim saw. Really? Just go Just... up and down, up and down, and peel that bark off with a trim saw. It works really well. We do it on all of our scrape trees. Huh. I've you know? never heard that. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So and and to, the, to a deer, that's, just that's a signpost. You know, that, that's what they look for when they're going through the timber and they see one. You know, Mick Dundee's a good, a good example the other day. That thing was shining, and you could see it from way off. Oh, I so wondered how was, long it would take you to bring up your 216 you killed. Oh, We're at geez, 7 minutes and 54 Terry. seconds. Yeah, let's talk here a little bit about oh. the... Uh, Speaking of Mick Dundee... I killed the biggest deer the, of my life. <laughs> you, you know, tell me about the your boys' 200-inch deer. <laughs> All right, so we're at 8 minutes here. I want to jump into the next uh, question. Episode 349 with Terry Jury from Just the Tip, Episode 4. Once in a while, you'll hear an aggressive buck 
that is on a doe or or he's uh, with a doe, and you'll hear that you know that real loud grunt, and and he's kind of being uh, extremely vocal. But those periods are really really short. They're not lengthy uh, unless it's a real assertive buck. You may hear it for an extended period of time, but it's just something you don't hear very often. So it's out of the ordinary for a hunter to just call continually, uh, and especially blind calling. Blind calling can be deadly to you because the first thing they're going to do is circle downwind of your ass. So what you want to keep in mind, that contact that you can make, if you get a visual on him and he's upwind of you, that's when I like to call. I'm either going to click the horns together and then hit that grunt tube, Matt, and, and there are different sounds that you can get out of that tube. And, and it's usually a rep, you know, to let him know where you're at, but not overcall. And then once he sees you or once he hears it, then you can get a little more assertive with him. It's almost like working a turkey, but you got to kind of uh, be careful of how much you do it. All right. So as you can see, you're here. It was a it was a fun couple series that we ran through the, the year with just the tip and uh, the Longbeard Legends. Next up, uh, one of the things that people always love the most, and and one of the comments we hear the most is they love when Mark and Terry are on the podcast, or zoom in and join us. And uh, I don't know why. Uh, must have something to do with the you know years and years of big deer killing experience that they can't just get from Tim and I. But uh, always a fan favorite so uh, next up without further delay so next up without further delay mark and terry favorite moments episode number 334 with mark and terry drury we grew up down sure. down in bloomsdale and, and the type of deer we were hunting it was hard for us to pass a deer per se back then so we weren't killing giants we thought they were big you know 140 inch deer to us was a monster i mean the first one we saw first one you killed was 144 inches mm -hmm. we thought we'd kill a booner uh, yeah really did we're 30 years too late tim we could have really <laughs> succeeded in the late 80s early story 90s. of my life <laughs> that's yep. a true story and we we celebrated a long time on that hundred that first 144 inch deer but it just it it evolved much like everything else, you know, as we continue to get into the whitetail world a little heavier and then switch from not only the rental shelf, but then decided to go to the retail market. Part of that mm -hmm. was the I guess the departure with Sheen and part of it was just the way the nature of the industry was. But we started going into retail mm -hmm. and the whitetail was really where, where we had to be at in addition to turkey. Yeah. And that really kind of set the tone. Our dad did not hunt a lot, but we had some great mentors that showed us the way to handle ourselves sure. in the woods. I some of our fondest that. memories, truly. Absolutely. I think about that, but then I also think about the fact that you guys were, been, you're given a jug of wine <laughs> to go out and hunt with your 30-30. So That's what they did, you know, to yeah. stay warm. Mom, well, that was our mother. <laughs> because Grandpa Ritter always made wine his whole life, she'd always send us with a little bit of wine every, every time. Keep you warm. Well, we started with a half pint when we were young. Sure. Like at 12 and 13, you got a half pint. But when you got crazy. to 14 or 15, you got a pint. <laughs> So in a high-powered <laughs> rifle, she'd say, go get but you one. You weren't out there getting drunk. I used to think, well, this will get me warm. So I'd, yeah. I'd drink a little bit. But I really didn't care for the taste of it. No. I drank all mine. <laughs> well, by 8.30, I was sauced. <laughs> you know, because you're, it's catching your breathing. If you're breathing, the guys, you know, Wade, Forrest, Perry, Scott, all those guys that film for us, they do such a good job because yes. it's, it looks rock solid. It looks like it's on... 
you know, maybe and minus a gunshot going off every once in a while and a bobble, but it looked rock steady the whole time. I haven't sure. figured out how Wade can film like this and be rock solid the entire well, look time. Look at him, those arms, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like a human tripod. <laughs> His shirts are small. <laughs> He's looking at us right we here. We should mention we've got a live studio audience. We get all the guys in yep. right now. Hey guys, uh, applaud. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> nice. I just piped it in. Episode three twenty three with Old Man Winter Terry Drury. There is no downtime for Forrest. He's oh, yeah. He's twenty four seven three sixty five, and and uh, his work never stops. I think you could swing by my place on the way back down with the high lift and <laughs> fix a couple bonds that I got. Yeah. Well, every year we, we try to, and I, I missed it, I, I like to try and catch it in the spring no. and dip them down a little lower, deeper, so that we have more water to access when we start the irrigation process. Yeah, so no. That's, that was a no. No, no Matt, I don't think he's available. <laughs> um, okay. All right, Mark and Terry, always great to have on the podcast. Last but certainly not least, we got a ton of feedback, a ton of listens and views on this episode. We had the farm boys in, what we call the farm boys. So it's uh, Terry's farm manager, Forrest Bonin, Mark's farm managers, Wade Robinson and Perry Batten. And uh, we had a really fun time with these guys all in studio, all at the same time, really cutting it up. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And if not, here's a quick recap. Last but certainly not least, episode number 332 with all the farm boys. I'd love to take these guys and take them on my piece and say, all right, what am I doing wrong? Because I think they've seen so much from hunting with Mark and Terry that they've been there. On what? (laughs) On your farm. Well, yeah. Well, but just (laughs) take it and actually put in all the food plots, hang the stands. But did you give them any advice? (laughs) That's what Terry, I kind of did that. We all all went up and we discussed where the food plots should go and stands. That's what we've done. Did not put in in a pond, though. What do you know, daylight walkers? (laughs) (laughs) What do you know? (laughs) I think they would have been there without your help. Uh. It's simple. Yeah, you got a good point. You did do that. Never mind. Terry's like right. a little magic dust out. <laughs> it was dandruff. <laughs> so, what's some of the craziest stuff? I mean, you've have you flipped a tractor? Uh, I think Wade. I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. How does that call go? That, oof, that one was a rough one. But it, it, first thing you asked was, you know. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Just, you know, obviously a little shaken up here about how this call is going to go. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that might have been the very first summer I started. Um, first couple weeks. First, first couple, couple weeks. weeks. Versus, <laughs> first couple weeks. Studio first audience says checking. the first couple weeks. <laughs> Were you scared? Shitless. Oh, yeah. Well, not to mention there was a, uh, a corner hedge post that literally went right up against the cab. So it was like. Oh, jeez. Uh, eight inches from going through my head. Yeah. <laughs> but Might have, uh, might have yeah. knocked some sense into him. Yeah, I did more than that. Guys our age, it's a lot different, and we talk about it a lot. Like, expectations nowadays are much different than they were of a husband or a father or whatever, you know, back then, or a boyfriend or whatever. So do you – meaning, like, you're the boyfriend in this <laughs> Okay. <situation. laughs> so, so – How does he know about Bruce? <laughs> how, does, how do you handle that with Melissa and Shana and whatever you got going on? Marissa. Marissa. What I say? Melissa. I said Marissa. 
Okay. Uh, Grammatical errors. <laughs> All right. So how do you handle Check that? Check the tape. Uh, when we started dating, I told her I was either going to South Korea for a deployment or I was moving to Iowa, so I think she got the better end of the deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least she could come up to Iowa yeah. and move up there, right? Besides you, Wade, the background kind of already was this feel. How did you make the jump from what you were going to do to this then? Uh, just I, Well, I guided uh, turkey and deer hunt, uh, you know, in the beginning of my college days uh, for two years. And, uh, of course, you started laughing when you said that. It's <laughs> just the grammatical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to be a dick. I guided deer hunt. <laughs> but anywho. You guys probably had the best year of your life last fall. Yeah, all, all of each sure. of you individually, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. Wade killed uh, 187? Uh, 188. 188, yep. sorry. Didn't mean to short you. Don't short me right. that inch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. And, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, so you killed a 187. No, uh, 185 and 7.8. So I gave you, you a couple You gave him a couple of <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. And you killed a bunch of deer. That's a lot of mature deer. <laughs> That's right. I love it. But but, but uh, what hasn't been seen is he missed a couple of the biggest deer of his life. Oh. <laughs> I missed a deer. Oh, all, right. all right. You guys had enough? I've had yeah. enough. Well, let's head down to Bourbon. We'll go to my property. We'll check it out. <laughs> Sounds good. Here we go. Isn't it a happy hour? It is. And... It um, well, it is for somebody. It's four o'clock. It's almost half the hour. We'll pay full price. It's fine. I heard, Let's go. <laughs> I heard someone say one time, like they opened a can, and then someone said it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> I'm just. Where do you come up with this horrible joke? <laughs> He's got I... the worst dad jokes, but also like just cheesy. Dad jokes are supposed to be cheesy, but yours are next level. They make me laugh. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> and I think the guys here at the studio, I think they appreciate them in their own way. Alan, you're pretty <laughs> <laughs> They disagree. <laughs> well, we agree to disagree. All right. Well, let's get to that happy hour. <laughs> Thanks. Good luck these, this, this fall, guys. I mean, Thank you. Thanks, you Thank too. you, you too. too. Booner, booner, booner couple 130s happy to kill <laughs> happy to kill anything yes all right all right see you guys till next time peace out that was brutal <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ we'll have to save that for the ending is ours that bad <laughs>